Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and... Mon! Good morning, Mon, how are you? I am good as gold, how are you? I am amazing this morning. Really? Actually, I'm kind of a little bit less than amazing, because yeah, I'm starting say. to get a touch of the flu here. <laughs> you are. So if, you don't, if Lawson is on tomorrow, you will know why. Uh-huh. I really have I mean, well, actually, I wouldn't mind if it happened. I haven't seen Lawson for a while, and he's a good kid. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Great. Yeah. Yeah, so we... Let's see how much love I'm getting here on Faith <laughs> FM. No, I do really want you to get better, because I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit worried, because, yeah, your wife's sick, and we don't want you to be sick as well. And quite frankly, yeah, the, I don't want to be that's, sick. That's, that's exactly <laughs> where I was going to say, the only reason that you're worried that I'm sick is because you don't want to get sick. It's a, it's a, it's allowed to, right? We're allowed to not want to be sick, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm totally yeah. with you, Mon. And uh, if it was the other way around, I'd be like, Mon, stay as far away from me as you can possibly be. I was trying not to breathe in too much. Yeah. Mon, Mon's done an entire radio show without breathing. Yeah. <laughs> no <new>. mean feet. <laughs> anyway, we should let our audience know that this is indeed uh, the delayed broadcast So shows. by the time you hear this, I'm either sicker or I am better. Yeah, the, yeah, one of the two. There is a prediction. I am a that's prophet. Right. I know what the future holds, uh-huh. and I've just told you what it's going to hold. Uh-huh. That's it. <laughs> and uh, and so, <laughs> say a prayer for Lyle. Uh, and Chell. That's right. We've uh, got Marta producing this show. We haven't seen Marta for like ever. It's been great. It's been wonderful seeing Martyrdom back here. It's really great to have her back. Just but, like yeah, old times. Back producing. I'm, I'm sure she's not really enjoying being up this <laughs> this morning, <laughs> this early. She's like, oh, I thought I was done with these early mornings, and here it is again. Um, but that's what happens. When you got the skills, Marta, <laughs> you'll get called. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have a great show coming up for you today. Uh, it is a special day. It is uh, May 8th, the day that we are recording this, which is May today. Uh, but you will be hearing this on May 9, which is... Yeah, or some other day. Just May 9. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so uh, we have a great show coming up. Uh, if you would like to listen to the live show, you can do so. Uh, we explain it later in this program as well, a little bit more in depth. But download the TuneIn app. Uh, find us on there. You can jump on uh, our website, faithfm.com.au, and press play on the live stream. Or, of course, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and talk to us about how we can get the live broadcast out in your area. I'm going to be talking about a push to legalize marijuana in New Zealand and I'm also going to be talking about the one million species that we are on the verge of losing here in our world right now. Absolute travesty. Fairly fairly heavy subjects but we have the most amazing interview with Dr. Arlene Taylor right here in the studio coming up for you so uh, make sure you don't miss out on that one. And then of course our Bible study is all about sex. Yeah, stay tuned if you want to hear some controversy. Uh, This is all coming up starting right after this. Voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I more than just the sum of every high and then Once again, just who I am because I need 
Daigle with You Say here on Faith FM. We are going to kick off our breakfast show with the first clue for the quiz of the day. What have you got for us there, Mike? It's not the quiz of the day. It's a question of the day, and this is the breakfast Bible quiz. I know you like to mash up your names, Lyle, but it's getting too far, right? No, question <laughs> of the day is what comes at the end where we answer the... Yeah, and this is a breakfast Bible quiz, and you just said the quiz of the day. 
You're mashing up your names. Well, I can call it the quiz of the day. I'm allowed to do that. No, is you're it, not. No, you're it, not. Is it the quiz of the... Is there any other quiz today? There could be. We have discussed doing more than on one Faith quiz. On Faith FM, there is no other quiz today. Therefore, if you go on our Instagram, there, definition, if you go on our the Instagram, there are two quizzes. You are wrong. If you go on our Instagram, there are actually two quizzes because yesterday's quiz clues are still up. See? Anyway, <laughs> let's do our breakfast Bible quiz. Whatever. Today is a Who Am I? And uh, I want to say this is actually pretty hard. A pretty hard Who Am I question, uh, quiz. So the first clue is this. I was told by God's prophet... You have set yourself up against the Lord. You did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. It's pretty hard okay. words, pretty yeah. heavy words. Do you have any idea who that is, Lyle? I do. Yeah, go on. I do. It's coming. When he, when you say you it's do, coming. but you're not writing, I know you really don't. No, it's because right if there. Because if you actually did, you'd just be writing. It's a slightly different translation to what I'm used to. You have to. set yourself yeah, okay, up against got, the it's, Lord. It's there. It's there. You did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all his ways. Lyle has it correct because Lyle is actually part genius, but uh, don't, 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 don't pit yourself against him. Just pit yourself against every other you listener. You have to retranslate that into KJV. Yeah. Once <laughs> it got into KJV, it's like, yeah, okay, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> okay, today's quiz prize is really cool, Lyle. It's called 444 Surprising Quotes About the Bible. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a treasury of inspiring thoughts and classic quotations. Uh, it's been compiled by Isabella D. Bunn, and uh, a really cool book. Um, it's got quotes from all kinds of people from around the world and history, like you know Abraham Lincoln, Eugene H. Peterson, but you don't know who that is. Uh, all, diff- all different kinds of uh, preachers, um, philosophers, there's even gardeners in here. Uh, is American gardener and and horticulturist George Washington Carver ways oh, in. He's a cool guy. Yeah, very cool guy. There's just a lot of people saying a lot of amazing things. Oswald Chambers, we all love him, uh, saying some amazing stuff about the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you want to hear the one that Oswald Chambers says? Sure. It says, The Bible has been so many words to us, clouds and darkness. Then all of a sudden the words become spirit and full life because Jesus re-speaks them to us in a particular condition. That is the way God speaks to us, not by visions and dreams, but by words. When a man gets to God, it is by most, it is by the most simple way of words. Mm. Isn't that nice? That's nice. I'd love to hear uh, George Washington Carver's, but I bet you've already flicked over that one, right? <laughs> He's a bit of a hero of mine. Oh, he... I, I yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. You, uh, yeah. Seriously I didn't realize cool you guy. knew him. Uh huh. He was he was a guy who could uh, you, you could you could bring him pretty much um, you know any bug or uh, insect or whatever he'd name it for you and some one time they stitched one together with um, super glue and popped it in front of him to, to ask him what it was and he looked at it long and hard and eventually he's like this is a humbug. <laughs> I like it. Well, I found the page. George Washington Carver said, "The secret of my success it is simple. It is found in the Bible." In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Yeah, cool guy. Just yeah, seriously yeah, cool guy. Straight to the point. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Get a copy of this book by answering our quiz today. Be the first person to call through and tell us the correct answer. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-624-843. Wait, did I say that wrong? Yeah, I did. 1-800-324, sorry, 843. 
Uh, or you can text your answers. The number is 0491-064-669. And, uh, and we will send you that book today. Lyle, we do want to quickly discuss something before we go into our good news segment. And I do have some really good news to share. But we do have some other news to share at the moment. We just uh, want to solicit prayers because our producer, Shell, is off sick. So we would like to ask our listeners to keep Shell in, um, in their prayers for her health. Yes, thank yeah. you. And, Much appreciated. And also Lyle, because I think you're catching it from, you know, from her because you're looking a little bit shabby yeah, this morning. Yeah, feel, not feeling that fantastic this morning. But we'll, we'll be all right. We'll be fine. We'll get there. But it is kind of nice to see Marta again this morning. We haven't yes, seen Marta for yes. ages. So Marta is filling in for uh, Shell and it's great to have Marta back. Marta was the one who trained Shell and uh, showed her the ropes. Um, and Shell you know, is an integral part of our team. And uh, Marta was saying it was the first time she'd been up this early since the last time she did radio. It was a long time ago, yeah. Probably feeling the, the, the morning <laughs> Three pinch. Three months ago, something like that. But yeah, we, we appreciate both their work. Um, we often say that Shell is the most passionate one about making good radio happen. And uh, I, for one, very much appreciate... Uh, her she keeps being our part feet of the, to the fire. Yeah, she does. I appreciate yeah. um, her being part of the Faith FM team. So for all of you who have ever called up our show, that lovely voice you hear that picks up the phone, that is Shell, our producer, and she is at home, uh, laid up in bed, sick as a very cute puppy dog. Um, Lyle, just some quick good news to start off with. Coming out of southern France, I'm sure you heard uh, about the hostage situation there. There's a teenage gunman. He's only 17 17-year-old gunman um, took a bunch of women hostage in a bar. Uh, he's actually released all the hostages. Um, and it seems that no one has been injured. No one's been hurt. Uh, no deaths. Um, I. It sounds like there's, there's different reports coming in. Some say that he's just surrounded by police. Others say that he's actually been taken into custody. But either which way, no one's been harmed and all the hostages are released. Yeah, that's a blessing. So just a quick update on that situation there coming out of Toulouse uh, in southern France. Uh, so really good. Really good news there. While other good news, like this is this is all good news coming from bad news. Uh, so as you know, there's a massive cyclone um, that's uh, wreaking havoc over in India. Um, the one that they were uh, was expecting to just kill millions and millions of people. It turns out this has become a stunning success story. Just incredible. The government, like, which is surprising, you know, because a lot of people have a lot of opinions about Indian government, but the Indian government's efficiency has just saved the lives of millions of people. Um, they managed to evacuate everyone in anticipation of the um, the cyclone, and uh, 1.1 million people in like a few days. Wow. That's really, really something to take your hat off to. You know, and praise the Lord for that. And, uh, and not only were 1.1 million citizens moved, uh, this is just to give you a picture, like this is 1.1 million low-income citizens from about 15,000 villages. So uh, not an easy thing to do. Um, they were uh, evacuated to shelters, and the shelters were already stocked with food and water supplies and resources. So everyone's That's doing impressive. fine. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And, I mean, <laughs> the cool thing about this is that people learn, like once again, back to my little point that education can fix almost anything <laughs> the reason they had this all set up was because back in 1999 i don't know if you remember uh, they actually had a super cyclone that went through that same um, area the odisha area and just just killed like 30,000 people it was just a Ooh. devastating cyclone Ooh. and so since that since 1999 they've been ready they were like, this is not going to happen to us again. They, they put procedures in places that they, um, you know, they created shelters. They created, a, you know, a checklist of stuff to do if this ever happens again. And it happened again. Like, sure, like, you know, it's been, uh, you know, two decades since then. 
but they were still ready. 20 years later, yep. and they're ready. They were still ready. They were waiting for it. And as soon as they heard it was coming, boom, they just they went straight into their procedures, saved everyone's life. So far, this is insane. How many people do you reckon have, um, have gotten casualties from this cyclone, this recent one? So casualties, you're talking about deaths and also people who have been wounded. Yep. Oh, what what was there, 30-odd 30, 30 thousand last, last time? 30-odd thousand last time. 1.1 million people that had to be moved this time. <clears throat> well, yeah, okay. So in moving 1.1 million people, you're going to have some accidents that are going to take place. That's inevitable. Um, but it sounds like it should be a really good number. So let's say 30,000, let's say 300. Dude, legit, so far reported, three. Ooh, Praise the Lord wow. for that. If that's not good news, I don't know what is. Yeah. Like, I mean, sure, like, you know, their homes might have been destroyed and, you know, the, the, the streets are probably turned into water at the moment. But All of life, that can be rebuilt. Yeah. Life has been saved. So this is a, an incredible good news. I do kind of wonder, does Australia have any sort of evacuation plan if we get hit by something? Um, not to that extent. We do have plans in place. Um, I know that, you know, I work with a number of people in the Hunter who are in charge of, you know, large-scale, you know, evacuation uh, projects. Primarily the Hunter, of course, for flood. Oh, really? Yes, flood and fire are the, are the two big ones that we face in Australia. And so we're not really under threat of earthquakes and cyclones in this part of Australia, obviously up in the far north, yeah. Um, they've got all kinds of plans in place for uh, for uh, cyclones. But, do you, do you um, think in like three, four days we could evacuate the whole of Sydney? Oh, no. No, no, no. Couldn't do that. It's an interesting thought. Uh, you've got four and a half million people. You've got a city that is in a basin surrounded by mountains. You've got limited access out out of that basin. Yeah, not going to happen. I wonder what we could do to change that. Airlifting them? Not going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, something to keep in mind, something to keep in prayer. This is Carly Fitcher, Fitcher with Yes He Is. Yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. Did you know that God loves you? Yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. He would give his life for you. Yeah. 
It was Carly Fletcher with Yes He Is here on Faith FM. Time for another clue for the quiz. There is one prize available uh, for a somewhat obscure character. Um, and, of course, this is 444 surprising quotes about the Bible. What's our second clue there, Mon? Okay, clue number two is... Let me get the right there, right? For the quiz of the day. Those at my banquet and I drank wine from the gold and silver goblets taken from the Lord's temple. Tell me who that is and I will send you a copy of 444 surprising quotes about the Bible by wonderful people. Very good. Okay, so if we look around the world today, some interesting things happening. Of course, um, one, something that has been somewhat dominating the news is the unparalleled extinction of over a million plus species that are predicted in the uh, coming years as a result of, um, yeah, all because of humans. Really? One million plus a lot of species. Um, this is a report put out by the Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services. I literally couldn't even sit here and tell you one million different animals. Well, their name almost has one, one million, million different letters in it. But basically, 150 scientists from around the world have been collecting data on uh, the various regions that they're responsible for and how many species they have under threat within their locations. And they have uh, found that we are now extinguishing species 100 times faster than the natural rate. Wow. Um, And this has really accelerated in the last 20 years. Um, So right now, one in eight Plants and animal species are under threat. One, one in eight. eight. One in eight are Strike under threat. Strike light. That's a lot. Yeah, and particularly when you know we talk about uh, you know we talk about advocating for a plant-based diet here on Faith FM. We talk about the uh, the benefits of. Um, it's the single best thing you could do for the environment. Let's just for say the it. environment. It's the single for best thing you do you can do for your health. And, and really, I do promote this from a health perspective. Um, but it has the added benefit of being the, the best added, thing added you do for the environment. But, but what you've got to realise is that if you're on a plant-based diet, 75% of what you eat relies on animal pollination. That's right. And those species will become extinct if the animals that pollinate them become extinct. That's true. Okay, so if your bees and your honey eaters and you know various other uh, creatures out there, particularly bees, but there are many other uh, pollinating insects as well, if they become extinct and they are you know, under threat, then you lose 75% of your edible plants just like that. Yeah, I mean, but when I said it's the best thing you do for the planet, I didn't just mean like, um, you know, for that same reason as well. Like not just for health, but also because if you stop eating animals, your plants get better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah so this is, uh, you know, this is an interesting, it's an interesting um, observation that we've got taking place in our world. You know, when you look at what the Bible says, um, the Bible says, look up at the skies above and gaze down on the earth below, for the skies will disappear like smoke. This is an interesting prophecy from the book of Isaiah. You know, and we look at our atmosphere, it is definitely disappearing like smoke. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is wafting away. It is kind of turning into smoke um, and smog. And it continues on, the earth will wear out like a piece of clothing. So you think about, you know, your favorite old pair of jeans or work boots or whatever it might be that have reached that super comfortable stage and they are just wearing out. You know, I I think about, you know, a pair of work boots. When a pair of work boots comes to the end of their life, 
you know they've they've reached that point where they're fully formed into the into your into the shape of your foot and they're just nice to put on but the elastic is giving out there's threads hanging out of them the steel is poking through the through the toes um, the sole is starting to hang off the bottom you know they might be completely worn through so that when you step onto wet grass you've instantly got a wet foot you know and it's just they're just done yeah they're just they're, they're just rotted away that's they're, they're finished Earth. that is planet Earth mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and such an accurate description that the Bible gives right here not only describing the earth giving out at the end of time but also the atmosphere giving out at the end of time now while we're talk- talking about pollution there is a uh another, oh no i've got to tell you this story this is just this has nothing to do with um this is just a cool story right okay go I'm on i'm just going to tell a cool story Go on, I'm listening. So what is longer than two city buses weighs more than a fully loaded 747 and could pull 16 Statues of Liberty? Is it a blue whale? No. It's Big Boy. And (laughs) Big Boy has just uh, hit the tracks for the first time in many, many, many years. Um, And this is the world's biggest steam train. There was 25 (gasps) of them built. Oh, a train! 25 of them built. There's only eight still in existence. I have uh, crawled all over one of those that was in uh, Denver, that's housed a museum in Denver, Colorado. Um, These things are absolutely enormous. Uh, The boiler alone to run the two steam engines um, weighs 227 tons. And uh, for the first time, they have put one back on the tracks and it's up and running. Where can we go ride it? I love trains Uh, so much. Yes, you'll have to go to the States. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that in because it was such a cool story. I'm like, oh man, where do you find something as cool as that? Okay, um, getting back to more serious stories. Mm -hmm. uh, Let's head across to New Zealand. And recently we saw, of course, the Christchurch attacks. And there was a lot of things that I think the New Zealanders did well in their response to that. Um, in the way that they approached the whole issue of Islam, they made radical Islam. That they, they they drew such a, a distinct line between New Zealand culture and the attacks that the attacker had made. They mm-hmm. disassociated themselves probably better than any other uh, society that have ever come across from the actual attacker. Okay, you know because he was he he, he was a white Western attacker, and they're like, no, this is this is not us. This yeah. is this is not who we are. Mm-hmm. And you had things there that you know where Christian churches would turn up at the mosque and they would uh, you know stand around the mosque in symbolic protection of the of the worshippers within that mosque while they were having their worship service. And mm-hmm. I think that that was a fantastic response. And I would love to see you know Muslims doing the same thing around Christian churches when Muslim attacks take place and this kind of thing because it would disassociate. You know, this is how we disassociate ourselves from the perpetrators of terrorism um, of course you know as a result of that or during that whole process uh, Jacinda Ardern the, the Prime Minister of uh, New Zealand um, received a lot of accolades from around the world for the way that she behaved and the way that she she led New Zealand through that um, experience almost to the point of beatification mm-hmm. um, it got a little bit sickening in the end and people were like oh we need to have her as Prime Minister of Australia no we need to have an Australian as Prime Minister of Australia mm-hmm. but uh, New Zealand is now heading down a path to kind of reverse all of the good that they spread about themselves all around the world during the Christchurch massacre by having a referendum next year to legalise weed. 
No. Are you serious, New Zealand? <laughs> I'm dead serious. Can you believe this? This is insane. I mean, you think about this. You think about smoking, for instance, right? And how much work we have put in over decades to get our rates of smoking down. Yeah. And how we have been tightening the screws, tightening the screws, tightening the screws, you know, more and more legislation, making it harder and harder and harder for people to smoke and at the same time providing more and more uh, incentives and benefits and programs to help people quit smoking, which has been incredibly positive. It's been working. In Western countries. Yeah. And working so well. You know, we're in a situation where we have to reverse something that has been legal that should never have been legalized yeah. and never would have been legalized, you know, if it had come into existence in the modern age. And it's been tremendously difficult. And now we're going to go the other, the opposite direction. It's terrible. I mean, it just boggles my – it blows my mind that people would even think about this. I mean, seriously. And this is something that, you know, it just – yeah. One of the best things about being in Australia and New Zealand is that you can walk down the street and very rarely now do you have that horrible experience where like you walk through someone's disgusting puff of smoke and have a, and you choke on it. Like, yeah. There's so many countries out there when I go traveling that, you know, you think to yourself, oh, can you please just get up to the standard of, of you know, of Australia and, and, you know, where you can walk around the street and not have to just be... Yeah, the moment you walk out of the filth. airport, it's like, oh, yeah, not in Australia anymore. That's right. That's right. And, and the air here is so much cleaner and I'm, I'm so grateful. I've been so grateful for years now that Australia has been tightening laws and tightening laws. But this, this is going to put the whole country on the back foot. I mean, I was at a car show the other day and somebody lit up a smoke and suddenly I was like, oh, you've got to be joking. I can't believe people still do that. It's been so long since. I've smelt that. Yeah, that's right. It's you know, right. That was the that was the reaction that I had. And, and here at a car show where you've got people that have invested, you know, heavily to create, you know, nice vehicles and they can afford to do that. What kind of how does it even work? But anyway, yeah, so they're having a, a referendum on whether they should encourage paranoid schizophrenia in their country. No, that's ridiculous. It is the most nuts thing ever. Anyway, um, we're going to move on with the show this morning um, with Matthew Mole, you and your crown. Go! 
going to a better place And I hope that you are too And you fall down in the lights In the blinding lights And you, your crown Win the fight, win the fight Don't be heeding these lies Proceeding through every direction You're leading, it's you who knows the truth and the meaning of life So we're protected and leading Don't be heeding these lies Proceeding through every direction You're leading It's you who knows the truth and the meaning of life So we're protected and leading on you Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. And we are super excited today because Dr. Arlene Taylor is joining us right here in the studio. Um, Dr. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. It's my pleasure. It's not often we get to have a celebrity in the oh, studio. come on. <laughs> no, but we, uh, uh, Dr. Taylor is a leading speaking, speaker uh, on brain function. Uh, she's often referred to as the brain guru, and her passion is really helping people to thrive by design and a frequent visitor to Australia. You've been here a number... How many times have you been to Australia? You know, I've tried to count that up. I think my first trip was in two thousand. Yeah, 2000. And a couple years I did not come, and a couple years I came twice or three times. So I think this is about my 19th trip. Well, there's no greater compliment than being continually invited to come back and speak. And so I love we are, this <laughs> We are so glad that you love this country. That's wonderful. Now, you've just handed me your latest book, um, which is called Just the Facts, Longevity, Lifestyle Matters. And I understand we're going to be speaking about epigenetics. I'd love to speak about epigenetics. I would love you to speak about (laughs) epigenetics. And let me tell you why. This is a subject that I know very little about, but everything that I have heard, I've found absolutely fascinating. And so I'm going to hand this over to you. Tell us, what is epigenetics? All right. To begin with, let's just back up to Longevity Lifestyle Matters. I'm sure we've talked on this program before that I developed a Longevity Lifestyle Program, which is the first, as far as I know, brain-based program in the world. And it's based on the current research of how you can stay healthier and younger for longer. The piece about epigenetics is the foundation, actually, for the reason I wrote this 12-week program. So you know that 
Human beings are a combination of what people call nature and nurture. So nature is the genetics part. It is our genome, as it's called. And that involves our chromosomes and genes. But we've realized for several years, and more and more research is coming out, that that is a very small part of who we are. The estimates now are that our genome probably affects about 30% of who we are and how well we are and how long we live. 70% is epigenetics. So epi, E-P-I, means above. So epigenetics is above genetics. So what does that mean? It means that epigenetics can actually alter genetics. And it can alter genetics negatively or positively. So if you are living a longevity lifestyle, including the components that research has shown are all part of epigenetics, and lifestyle in a way is a synonym for epigenetics, then even though you may have a genetic inheritance that isn't the best in the world, because your biological ancestors didn't know how to take care of themselves and develop some pretty deleterious habits, which, of course, um, get passed down to you. And cellular memory is also part of epigenetics, meaning that the behaviors back three or four generations of your biological ancestors are filed within every cell in your body that has a nucleus, probably on the protein strands that in the nucleus sort of sit next to the double helix, which are your chromosome and genes. And so beginning to understand that, you know that sometimes you get a push, you get an idea that you want to do something and you don't know where that came from. I always stop and ask myself, is this something that will align with my longevity lifestyle or is it just a behavioral memory from the past that are in my cells that are urging me to do something because my ancestors did that? And that is also very scriptural. Yeah, let me just um, jump in there for a moment, if I can. You mentioned that you know our genes that have been passed down to us, you know, genetically from our parents, that goes back three or four generations. The Bible oh, also it, speaks about three to four generations. It, Does it go more than that? It may go more than that. Okay. We know, we believe that epigenetics at least go back three or four generations. But, you know, part of those chromosomes and genes, the, the blueprint to make who we are may go back many, many, many generations. We don't know that. But, the the epigenetic cellular memory part, you know, you read in Judges and Joshua and Chronicles and so on, very often something that goes like this. And the king did evil in the sight of the Lord. And he died and was gathered to his father, fathers, and his son raised, became king in his stead. And his son did what? Evil in the sight of the Lord. Lord. And then you, and that we believe is epigenetics, those behavioral tendencies that are passed down. And if you don't make a different choice, you replicate 
the way that your ancestors lived. Okay, so then, for instance, my grandfather, which I had very minimal interaction with, are there lifestyle choices, actions that I am going to be predisposed to because of his lifestyle and his choices? I don't know if you'd use the word predisposed, but you would have memories that would incline you toward perhaps doing something that is not really good for you. You know, it, and then you build your own cellular memory, starting with at least when the egg and the sperm connect. So many studies, babies gravitate toward, prefer the foods that their mother ate during pregnancy. So if she had a horrible diet, you know, fast, fried, you know, foods, you're going to sort of prefer those because you've already got cellular memory for those foods built in. And that's why what a mother does during pregnancy is so, so critical. Now, here's the part that stands me on my ear Mm -hmm. for epigenetics. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) So, Imagine, picture in your mind, a cell, and you've got them, you know, you've got trillions and trillions of cells. On the surface of every cell, on that membrane that holds the cytoplasm inside the cell, are little receptor molecules. There are thousands of them on each cell surface. Think of them as a keyhole, and they allow information to go into the cell. That means that you have to have a key, and many of those receptors only relate to one key, but some receptors relate to more than one key. For example, endorphins are the brain's natural opiates, natural morphine. But if you take a morphine substance from the outside, because it's so much like the endogenous, the inside of you um, medication, if you will, that key can also go in and unlock one of those receptor molecules. And that's basically what addictive behaviors are all about. Now, epigenetics is everything that is not genetics, meaning everything that happens to us, what we think about, what we say, what we watch, what we read, what we eat, what we drink, where we go, how we interact with other people. And every single thing is an electromagnetic signal, if you will, because the neurons operate chemically and electrically. In fact, that's one of the reasons for the big push to avoid dehydration, because water is your biggest energy source in your brain, meaning that just like a hydroelectric plant, as water moves in and out of the brain cells, it creates electricity. And part of the exchange of information in the brain has to do with electricity. We... we create enough electricity to light a a small wattage light bulb, you know, maybe a 20-watt light bulb. So these receptor cells are picking up signals. 
They are picking up signals from what you eat, from the beverages you drink, for whether you have enough sleep or not enough sleep, whether you're drinking enough water or not enough water, whether you are eating refined uh, processed foods that are high in sugar and fat and white flour, or whether you are eating basically a plant-based diet of natural foods, those signals go to every cell surface in your body. They, they will lock or unlock and then are allowed to go into the cells. So this is what happens. If you get a negative signal, and let me tell you, your mood is a signal. Right. Yes. So if mm-hmm. you are happy and cheerful and hopeful and engaged in life, that's a signal. If you are angry because, you know, you jump to conclusions and overreact and take things personally, that's a signal. If you are sad, that's a signal. If you are fearful, that's a signal. Now, inside your cells, in the genes, are the blueprints for how you were designed to be made. Think of that cell membrane as the contractor, because the contractor can look at those blueprints, even in real life, and decide to alter them. So if you get negative signals into that cell, those signals can alter the blueprints and change the way your cells are built. Not only that, they can decide whether you're going to have them repaired appropriately or not repaired. They may trigger mutations that are very harmful. So when you start looking at this field of epigenetics, that's the reason precisely that I wrote Longevity Lifestyle Matters because we've identified at least 14 components that make a difference on how healthy and how long you live. They're very simple, but a lot of people don't realize that epigenetically, 70, at least 70% of how well you are, how long you live, how productive you are, really de- really comes down to your lifestyle choices. And now we clearly know what kind of lifestyle choices are better for us. That's so exciting. It's exciting. It's amazing stuff. And I'm just sort of, you know, it's doing my head in as I'm looking at this, you know, and and there's a a couple of questions that immediately come to my mind. You talk about, you know, negative emotions, anger, depression, sadness, these kind of things. When they interact with the cells in your body, does that – then have the danger of creating a vicious cycle where they'll get more and more and more powerful to send you further and further into that? Well, let me back up because there are no negative emotions. I only talk about four core emotions because those are the ones that can be seen on the face of a fetus during pregnancy based on a fetal scan, a uterine scan. And you will see on the fetal face an emotion that replicates whatever is going on in the mother. So if the mother's happy about the pregnancy and has a supportive husband and family and is feeling good, the little fetal face has a smile on it. Oh, my. But if the mother is angry because she's being abused, 
then you will see anger on the face of the fetus. So four core emotions, joy, anger, fear, and sadness. PET scans show that when you are in a state of joy, the left hemisphere lights up. When you are in a state of one of these protective emotions, so they're anger, protective, fear, protective sad, rather than negative. They're protective. Then the right hemisphere lights up. What's negative is, what do you do with them? Do you hang on to them instead of just getting the information and then problem solving? Or are you living in a state of anger or fear or sadness? Now that's negative. But the emotion itself is just designed to give you information. Mm, so the emotion of anger arises in the brain if your boundaries have been invaded. It's just a signal to get your attention so that you can look at how you have set your boundaries and maybe you need to reset them or implement them because this brain and body we have, there's nothing else like it in the universe. And it's our, it's been leased to us. We're not taking it anywhere. We're only using it on this planet. And it's our job to take care of it. So it is not a good thing to be living in an environment where there's a lot of unnecessary anger, you know, because the person is emotionally unhealthy. Fear is a signal that we're in danger. That alerts us to, I need to do something to take care of myself or the people I love. But here's the caveat. Fear can be imagined. Mm. You can imagine that you're in danger, and you're not. But you'll get that same fight-or-flight trigger. So, for an example, and I use this a lot because it's very similar to what happens to other people. I was the eldest child, the only girl born into a family with a mother who was half French, half Irish, and that combination made her very, very physically attractive. Mm-hmm. I remember as a little girl, people stopping her on the street to talk to her, obviously, because they liked to look at her. She had this peaches and cream um, complexion, bright blue eyes. Blue eyes are the only thing I got from her. Thick, black, wavy hair. Very attractive. I think you probably got a little bit more than just the blue eyes. No, I don't think so, <laughs> but thank you. So I grew up having people say, oh, you look lovely today, or something to my mother. And then they'd look at me, and they'd say, especially if we were out shopping, who's the little girl? And she'd say, oh, that's my daughter. Really? She doesn't look like you. No, she doesn't. She looks like her father. Okay, at two and three, like many children, I figured that was a negative. I must be ugly because I didn't look like my mother. That's not the truth. I'm fine with how I look. I love that I look like my dad. He was a wonderfully nurturing parent. Mm, but mm. when you're little, you take that as a negative. And mm -hmm. often children do. That's why it's so important to be careful what you tell them. So for years, I grew up thinking that I was basically ugly. And then as I began understanding about lots of things, including genetics, I realized I'm not ugly. I'm just fine. I just don't look like my mother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you multiply that by a hundred things, and every person on this planet has something like that. Mm -hmm. Were you told that you weren't very bright, you know, and you, you couldn't go to college, you couldn't achieve what you wanted? Did you think that, were you told that, you know, if it wasn't for you, 
I would have been able to go to school, but here I am stuck with you now because I've got you, and that's ruined my whole life. Uh, you know, what were you told? Because until you start getting mature and looking at those messages and evaluating them about whether they're accurate or not, that's all epigenetics, and it's making you feel sad, frightened, angry, whatever, hopeless. And because the brain wants to feel good, if you don't feel good in your environment because nobody has helped you learn about these things and they've not affirmed you, every person on this planet, Lyle, is valuable just because they exist. But when parents are very dysfunctional and have poor superegos, meaning you know, the superego rides, lives in that uh, third layer of the brain, the cerebrum. And the superego is all about taking good care of yourself, good, healthy, emotional, spiritual, you know, physiological health. And it's also interested in caring for others. So if you grew up in a family where you're Parents had very poor super egos, and they didn't take care of themselves. They stayed up late at night watching scary programs on TV. They didn't eat right. They didn't exercise right. Didn't eat enough. Uh, didn't eat quality food. Didn't drink enough water. And so now you have a stomach ache, and you wake up at three o'clock in the morning crying, and you're three years old, and your parents scream from the other room to shut up. You're bothering me. You're wrecking my sleep. Okay, you've got a really bad stomachache, and at three you can't even articulate that. You just feel horrible. And if you keep crying, and they're very dysfunctional, they'll come in and whack you around and tell you to shut up and go back to bed. And the child begins to learn that it's not valuable. It's not valuable mm. enough even to have your parents comfort you when you're sick. So we grow up with all this kind of garbage, and you know, as a preacher's kid, I learned the term sanctification. And I remember my father saying, sanctification is the process of a lifetime. Okay, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> but I do now. Right. I think the process of what many religious organizations call sanctification is simply growing up and understanding what happened to you, the good, the bad, the neutral, and starting to make choices for yourself mm. to deal with epigenetics, because epigenetics also includes how you're treated and how that reacts in your little brain. Mm. So am I saying this in a way that makes sense? Absolutely, it does. Thank you so much, Dr. Arlene Taylor. Um, unfortunately, we've We've run out of time, but uh, I would love to just sit here and talk to you all morning. It's just, um, yeah, fascinating. I do have your book here, Just the Facts, um, Longevity, Longevity Lifestyle Matters. So if you would like to know more about what Dr. Arlene Taylor has been sharing with us this morning, um, how do we get a copy of this book? Can we buy this through uh, Better Books and Foods, Advanced Books Center? I don't think I have any books in a book oh, it's, center it's here. It's that new 
Yeah, it just came off the press two weeks ago. Okay. But it is available on Amazon.com and things like that. Okay, so just look it up online. You will find it there. Just the Facts by Dr. Arlene Taylor. Longevity, lifestyle matters, and sooner or later, of course, we will have it in uh, Better Books at Foods and the Evans Book. And I am going to make an e-copy, an electronic copy. It'll probably also be on Kindle, but... Uh, on my website, there will be an e-copy so that it can be downloaded and you don't have to worry about postage and stuff like that. So I'm working on that. Yeah, wonderful. I should just also mention very quickly that uh, Dr. Taylor is uh, speaking, uh, what is it, tomorrow at Avondale College? Is that right? Tomorrow night at 6.30 and Thursday night at 6.30 and all day Thursday in the Brain Conference. That okay, doing. so you're going to be a busy person. I'm busy. <laughs> And uh, if you're in the area, then that might be something that uh, you could consider. But also we've got, uh, I see presentations. You go to Dr. Taylor's website, presentations in Wyong, Arimba, uh, Brisbane, uh, Springwood in Queensland, Burnie in Tasmania, Deloraine, and South Launceston. So super glad to see you heading down there to uh, Tasmania. That's where I come from. That's, uh, really? That's my home state, the promised land. Well, I like Tasmania, and Gary <laughs> has been just wonderful to work with. Oh, fantastic. Dr. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us today. It was my pleasure. We'll be back uh, right after this song, followed by the 8 o'clock news. We will be back with Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey, are you part of camping caravanning scene? Join Australia's largest annual national gathering of travellers and caravanners at the Stewart's Point Convention Centre this year, Stewart's Point, New South Wales. It's an amazing campground among the trees. Inspirational Christian speakers. With incredible music. And beautiful beaches. And a relaxing environment. Be part of the community and make friends for life. May 10 through 18. Stewart's Point Caravan and Convention Centre. Contact Debbie on 024994 or simply email greynomads at adventist.org.au. 